Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. so excited today to have Emma Bates on the Just Keep Blogging podcast. Um, Emma, I have known her for several years now, actually, and I feel like she's just a sunshine in the world, to be honest with you. Like, she's one of the sweetest, kindest, most helpful people that you will ever meet in real life. Um, And I just appreciate her so much. And uh, recently, we've been getting into some discussions about copywriting and things like that. And I found out some really cool information about Emma and kind of her um, copywriting knowledge base. And so I asked her to come on the show to just kind of help um, you guys and like give us some inspiration, give us some tips, give us some kind of help because I think copywriting is often one of those things that we're really scared of. So Emma um, Bates, can you tell us a little bit about kind of what you're doing now and kind of your background? Um, sure. That was a really nice introduction, Kim. Thanks. That's, that's um, what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have a blog, um, it's emmaleebates.com, uh, and I mostly write about like starting a small business for moms, um, and running a business. And I've done a lot of different things in the past. Um, I've owned a few different businesses. I actually started with, um, creating a granola business and I sold gluten-free and vegan granola for a few years. Um, and so now I do work as a virtual assistant. in in addition to my blog. And I really got into learning more about copywriting last year. And I actually hired a copywriting coach um, to get better because I felt like it was one of the things I was pretty weak at. Um, And so for the last few months, I've really been working on it. And um, I think I've gotten a lot better, definitely. (laughs) Um, And I've actually, people who don't know me have started emailing me and been like, gosh, your copy has gotten so good. And one woman was like, where did this come from? How, how did you uh, learn all this stuff? So it's been really interesting to see that other people have noticed the difference too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, copywriting in general is one of the most intimidating parts of absolutely being a business owner in general, like kind of no matter whether you're doing brick and mortar or you're doing an online business. Um, and so what would you say is the most intimidating part of writing copy for you? Like when you first got started? I mean, uh, just, the, the mindset shift that you had to kind of go through to get from writing to writing copy. Um, I think there's a lot of fear in a lot of people about being too salesy and driving people away because you're trying to sell them something, um, and trying to kind of shift that into, you know, you really are trying to help people and some of the stuff happens to be paid products. Um, but like, I would be really sad if, you know, I hadn't listened to the bloggers that I was following and, you know, hadn't joined EBA or bought some of the courses that have really helped me with my blog. Um, so I just try to really, you know, I, I really focus on changing my mindset and looking at it is how can I provide people with um, information that will help them make a decision about buying something. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I can remember back before I started blogging, I would go on like play dates with my friends and if I had a new bag or yeah. um, I had some kind of new makeup or some sort of piece of jewelry and somebody said, oh my God, I love that. And I'd say, oh, I got this from Target or I got this from Macy's or I got this from the outlets or I got this from whatever. 
within a few days, they would have gone down and bought it too because they really liked it. And I think that that's the piece that I think we often miss is I think that oftentimes um, influencers, bloggers, whatever, whether you're an email or even writing an article, uh, I think that we've, we've gotten so many used car salesmen kind of feels about selling that we don't realize really it's about recommending stuff you really do like. Right. Exactly. It's and not like any of us are going out and trying to convince people to buy stuff we think is useless. Right. You know, it's, it's stuff we actually believe in and use ourselves and think other people can benefit from. Right. And I think that's kind of one of the areas where people like, I'm hoping that within this episode, people can kind of make that connection and have that light bulb moment of, Hey, you know, copy number one, and we'll talk about this in a little bit is fairly formulaic. (laughs) And two, um, if you can be genuinely excited about that and be able to kind of convey that in an email to people or in copy to people, like that's really what sales is all about is just the way that you communicate information in a way that, um, through, through word or speech, you know, compels someone to take action. Yep. Okay. So now that you have been through training and had this copywriting coach, all these kinds of things, if you could turn back time, what do you wish you knew in the beginning? Like, is there anything in particular, like you're like, man, I just wish I had known that. Um, I mean, definitely what you're talking about with it being a formulaic. Um, you know, I, I think in the past I downloaded like freebies and stuff from copywriters and they do, they give you this formula, but I don't think I understood how helpful that actually was. I think I looked at it and was like, well, yeah, but I don't know what to do with this. Um, and I, I think if you actually sit down and just try to use the formula and practice, you'll be amazed at how much better you can get in just a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, because everything is, is templates and formulas and, um, you know, it's not like you're trying to create something from scratch. You really do have a lot of, um, kind of base that you can work off of without having to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And, and two, I think, um, something that I feel like I learned that was really pivotal in my own journey, um, is the whole idea of the pain points, like, putting the knife in the pain point, which sounds awful when you say that out loud, but like just, but I think it's a good visual for the kind of direct, the directness that you need to have and not being afraid to do that. Because I think what most people end up doing when they're writing emails or whatever is they're like, okay, I don't want to be too salesy. So in writing, they'll often sort of, um, it's almost like they're fluffy about it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I really liked this thing link. (laughs) (laughs) This week's been great. Like they don't want to like, they just want to do these light, like it's almost like a little light toss. Like you toss to a toddler, right? (laughs) Instead of a hard pass, like they're like soft toss. Um, And so I think I wish that back in the day, like I was better at recognizing like, why do these people need this? It's not just because I mentioned it and therefore they're going to buy it. When I sit down now, like when I look at something, my immediately, my immediate thought, even when I'm evaluating, like, you know, when I have clients who are like, Hey, look at this page or whatever. When I'm evaluating stuff, I'll say, when I look at this, do I immediately, like, does it immediately punch that 
self-identification button, if that makes sense. That's yeah. kind of what I'm always looking for now. And so now I'm like, when I sit down to do something, I say, okay, what is the real reason they're struggling with this? Like not just a superficial, not the like, you know, like earlier I was reading copy for this event um, that came up in like Facebook advertising and I was really curious about it, you know? And uh, one thing they mentioned was that they had outdoor showers and I was like, I don't know if I want to do outdoor showers. Like, <laughs> So I'm not their target audience, clearly. Number two, <laughs> but when I was reading through it, um, you know, they would say things like the copy would say things like, you know, take your business to the next level. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, you know what I mean? Like as a person, like I want to take my business to the next level, but I don't know that that is enough. It doesn't hit that pain point hard enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of people sort of forget um, that you need to make people curious. Like, taking the time to sort of create, you know, some curiosity, whether you sort of hint at some things or you use, um, you know, where you like, you tell them some stuff and they're like, but you know, there's so much more, I don't know. Yeah. But I think curiosity is such a big part of writing copy yeah. um, to make people want to click through and find out more and that type of thing. Yeah. But then there's this other fear, right? So we've got that, which we know is an amazing tip, but then people are like, I don't want to be clickbaity. Like, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but what I'm hoping people walk away with this episode is saying, you know what? You don't have to be spammy. You don't right. have to be clickbaity. You just need to communicate and think of like, how do you compel people to take action on something you know they need or want and can benefit from? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So let me give us like your best tips for effective copy, if you don't mind. Um, definitely create curiosity. That's like a really big one for me. Um, bullet points. Uh, I think you've talked before about, um, oh, what's the book? Uh, Story brand? Nope. Writing copy that sells? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In that one, there's a whole chapter on writing bullet points. And I have gone back to that so many times to just, you know, really try to get good bullet points when I'm writing yeah. something. Well, um, I think that's a great, like, book everyone should have on their shelf. Yes. Copy That Sells by Ray Edwards. And he has, he has a copywriting formula in there. For some reason, my learning style doesn't love that one as much as other ones. Well, you know, I actually, it's interesting to me. I think women and men write copy really differently. Um. I think, especially like women talking to women, I think it's way different yeah. than when a man is trying to sell something. That's true. And the, the part of that book though, like, like you said, like the bullet points and then yeah. there's a, there's a section on titles and that's where I feel yes. like so many people struggle, but he has like these five, five or six main, like, here's the formulas you use and these can yeah. make compelling titles hands down pretty much anytime you want it to. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, go uh, ahead. And also there's a book, uh, The Ultimate Sales Letter by Dan Kennedy. Um, cool. And that one's really good. It's a little older. And so he's actually talking about sales letters. Um, but all of the like information is really good. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so bullet points. Um, I like, so I got a great tip from my copywriting coach that I really like. And he said, because people skim when you do like a, um, you know, a heading or a bolded section, have it refer to what was above that bolded part instead of what's below because people will kind of go back to see what they missed. So mm -hmm. if you're doing a heading or, you know, a bolded section or something, um, 
you want to create curiosity about what's above it because you'll interesting more. Yeah. And I think it works. Like it's uh, not something I would have ever thought about, but when you, when you do it out, um, it's, it's, you're like, oh yeah, I do. I want to know what, what did I just miss? You know? Yeah. So I think that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, and then I think people underestimate how many tools are available online. I actually wrote a blog post recently with a bunch of free tools that you can use, um, headline tools. And, um, there's this, uh, site that has a great grease slide copy, um, tutorial, um, which is all about like transitions and how to keep people reading to the next sentence. Um, and I mean, it's just totally free and they list all these different ways and it's a great resource. So I think that using some of the online resources, um, as you go, whether it's, yeah, just to get a better title or to help with your transitions or um, just, you know, bullet points, all this stuff. I think it's great to use those tools. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the show notes and then um, people can bookmark it so they can go back and find all your tools when they need them when yeah. they're reading and stuff. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I'm sure you have a million of them. I, yeah, <laughs> I have a million. Um, I think sort of the last one I'll go into is um, it's okay to use references. Um, You know, don't feel like you have to be the total expert on everything Mm -hmm. that you can refer to other people, to studies, to um, you know, whatever is going to help prove your point. You don't have to be the end all be all. Um, You know, you can use what's out there. I like that. I also suggest that people, um, use help. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many people, you know, who are clients of mine or whatever. And they're like, Kim, I really just, I just want to put all my energy into the blog part, like just the writing, the creating, you know, especially people who have like really, um, like their content takes a while, like whether it's recipes or DIY projects. Right. So some people work, you know, day jobs and some of them are like, I'm satisfied with my day job. I'm going to keep my day job. I don't want my blog necessarily to replace my income or whatever, but I don't have the time to do sales pages or you're like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're just not, they don't want to add that as one more thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so in my experience, like I know a lot of like bloggers will actually end up hiring people to make their sales pages for them or to write their emails for them just because they're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I want to learn one more thing. And just like you, like for me, like I love Pinterest. I still take pinning perfect every year. I go through it. Like I know all about Pinterest. My knowledge base is there. You know, I get in and play in Pinterest. I still have a person, you know, who I have outsourced pinning to just because it's, it's one thing I don't, you know, I don't want to add to my plate. Yeah, that, that was the first thing I outsourced with Pinterest because I was like, I, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, but I can't yeah. tell you how many conversations I have where people are just like, man, I wish I could just literally pay someone to do this. And yeah. I want to point out that you are doing that now, correct? I am. Yep. Um, I just added a page to my website, um, work with me, and I have uh, three different packages that I'm offering right now. Um, I'm, it might change in the future, but as yeah. of right now, I'm offering three different packages where I can either write copy, I can write the copy and build the page, um, or I can write the copy, build the page and do the graphics. So yeah. So I just want to point out that sometimes you guys, if you are like, I just don't really have the capacity for right, that right now, but I 
I would much rather outsource it, you know, because this kind of goes back to like return on investment and things like that. Um, you know, I had a conversation a few years ago where I was like trying to figure out how I was going to handle doing my funnels and things like that and had a conversation with a really good friend, you know, and she said, why don't you, you know, if you don't have the time right now to do this, you can always outsource it. And, um, I was really excited about the opportunity to like find somebody that would help me or whatever, but the cost in that particular area was so like, I just couldn't see, like it was shockingly large. Yeah. <laughs> like to have somebody do that, like the person that I had wanted to hire. And I was just like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that everybody kind of has to weigh out like what's the ROI as far as like your time go, not your time, Emma, but (laughs) (laughs) the listener's time, you know, and like what you're doing. And oftentimes, you know, depending on the product um, and how many sales you can get, oftentimes those services uh, at the right price, which I feel like Emma really offers good pricing, um, (laughs) is paid for rather, rather quickly. Right. And because you didn't have to set it up and so much of these sales pages and the copy and stuff really can generate a lot of like, passive income over the next years for you. Um, so that's why I think you kind of have to put that in perspective is to say like, you know, this is an investment in a money making opportunity and not everything that we invest in is always moving the ball forward with money. Right. I just want to point that out. Right. (laughs) Sometimes we buy courses and make investments in things that do not move the money ball forward. (laughs) Yes. I know that oftentimes with particular sales things that we're doing, it's important to create a sense of urgency and create a sense of scarcity. And so what do you think are really effective ways of doing that? A lot of times talking about things like how quickly things change. And so learning the basics of whatever you're teaching um, now means that you're ready to pivot when things change in the future. Um, I mean, that applies to things like Pinterest and Facebook groups, um, you know, courses on that, but it also can apply to, you know, so many different things. Um, you know, think about the diet world. I mean, I feel like there's a new diet that comes out every month, you know, like change a lot. And so, um, talking about how, you know, you, your course or, um, ebook or whatever covers things that they need to know, no matter what, um, that'll give them the education that they need to then pivot when things do change. Um, I think that's a great way to, you know, convey some urgency. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Letting people. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then there's, then there's like the normal ones, but not everybody, I don't think everybody always knows about them. Like, I think people don't understand like why people use countdown timers sometimes and things and the countdown timers are to create that sense of urgency. Like it's a visual sense of urgency. Um, and then like scarcity is like, like open and closed cart. I think you yep. mentioned that earlier. Um, uh, or a limited number of limited number of spots, seats. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really funny. There's this, uh, my husband has this friend who has a YouTube channel um, and he was physically moving his house. Like he was moving into a new shop. And so he had this whole announcement, like I'm moving to a new shop and it was a whole thing. And it was so funny and it was so clever, I thought, because he said, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a moving sale on my PDF plans. These things have got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like as if they were like piles of, you know, <laughs> books in his garage and he needed to get rid of them. And I thought that was really clever. That I is clever. That was funny. What do you feel like is kind of your favorite formula? 
Do you have a favorite formula? Oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, because we talked about formulas, but we didn't really give any formulas. So yeah, that's true. That we dropped some like real hard, like here's how this works kind of stuff. Um, I think, you know, a classic one that, um, I mean, I, you know, I think it's weird that I say this, but how women and men write copy differently. But I think one that really works for women, because I think we're more story based, um, is my copywriting coach called it the affinity power post, mm -hmm. uh, but telling a story and then using that story, um, pivoting it to then make the point about whatever it is that you're, um, you know, trying to sell or share with them. Right. Um, and so I think you see that a lot in emails and on sales pages. Um, and I think it's a good one because I do think women are really drawn to story and yeah. both telling stories and hearing stories. Um, so I use that one a lot, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, learning how to pivot, um, how to, to go from something that's sort of personal to you and then pivoting so that you make it about them. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. Um, and I'd say on sales pages, I think it's really important to sort of take yourself out of it in the beginning um, and really make it all about the reader. Yeah. Um, and you can introduce yourself later, but really I think the um, beginning of sales pages, people forget that you're actually talking to somebody and you should make it about them. Right. And I think that's a really good sort of formula is to make the beginning all about them and not talk about yourself at all. Right. Or talk about the features. Yep. Because people aren't really like... I think features help sell something, but it's not what I think really puts people over the edge. Yeah. Like it's that transformation, the idea of like, this is how it's going to help you. And even in my own mind, like when I sit down now, <clears throat> when I'm looking at something, I'm like, okay, can I identify the problem? Yeah. Can I identify the solution? Can I identify what my life is going to be like once I have the solution? And then is there a direct call to action? And those are the main things I kind of look for on, I feel like a compelling sales page when I'm reviewing stuff is like, can I really quickly identify the problem? Like go through that, those four things yeah. really quickly. And then if I can, then I know it's like really compelling, but if I'm reading and I'm starting to get lost about like, what, like, you know what I mean? Like, what is this about? I like destroy it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I think people should start their own swipe files. Like mm -hmm. if you find a page that you really like, then you know, save a copy of it. Um, I have a extension on my Chrome um, browser that lets you take a um, shot of the whole page. So even if it's a really long sales page, it'll go through and it makes one um, oh, nice. uh, picture that you can save. So I've been doing that like on sales pages I really like because I think, you know, it, it, they are all formulas and stuff. And so you can go back and you can take apart that sales page and be like, all right, I really like this section. How can I write yeah. this section about my product? Right, exactly. Uh, so start a swipe file for yourself and save everything you like. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Emma. And where can they find you? Uh, EmmaLeeBates.com. And if they want to get you to help them with their sales pages, they just go to the... Um, work with me. Work with me. Okay. <laughs> yep. EmmaLeeBates.com slash work with me. Yep. All right. Thanks again. I really appreciate all these tips and I really hope that the listeners got some nuggets from today's information, just quick wins uh, about copy. I hope you guys don't feel intimidated because it's all about just learning and practicing. And that's how everybody gets good at copy. Most people aren't born writing good copy except for possibly Rosemary Groner. <laughs> oh, we should all be like Rosemary. I think Rosemary was born with it. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you guys um, have a great day and just keep blogging.